It's got a soul, this here old farm It falls asleep inside my arms We walk the fields under the stars But love is here in Goldshaw Farms Welcome to Goldshaw Farm. I'm your host, Morgan Gold. On each episode of our podcast, we bring you stories of homesteading, farming, and chasing your dreams. So so as I'm recording this for you guys today, I'm sitting inside my house here in northern Vermont. It's a good old farmhouse built in 1835. Uh, it's got all sorts of cool old-fashioned house features. And while it's a little drafty and cold at times, it's, it's nice and comfortable, and I really do consider it home. But... My wife and I, we haven't lived here all that long. Uh, About a year ago, uh, we actually were in Washington, D.C. We we weren't loving the life that we had there, and we decided to sell our house and move full-time to this farm here in Vermont. And so, you know, we got rid of a lot of stuff. We sold our real estate. It wasn't easy, but knowing that we had a place to go to and knowing that we were going to a place that that we wanted to be at made it a lot easier my guests on my guests on the podcast today did something similar but they didn't necessarily know where they were going to end up ben and meg holler uh, of the holler homestead if you're familiar with their youtube channel or instagram feed were two Californians living in California with four kids, and one day they just got fed up with life in the rat race and the lifestyle they were leading out in California. And so they decided to go on a pretty crazy adventure, and they had no idea where that adventure was going to take them. I sat down with Ben and Meg the other day to talk about their travels what they've learned, and where they're going. And I hope you guys enjoy that conversation. We are Californians, we are born California. and raised. <laughs> Southern California, hot desert. We were we laugh about it because over here in North Carolina the weather's so different. There's winter. <laughs> There's winter. And like, rain. Uh, we left a year ago Monday. Yeah, last Monday. So I think about now it's probably high eighties. Yeah, yeah. You can actually start swimming in March in California from where we were. That's <laughs> <laughs> just bleh. which is crazy. And so how you, you lived. Till you were, I mean, you guys were, what, early 30s-ish? Yeah. And you, so you lived California for kind of first 30-plus years of your life, but then what prompted you to want to move? Um, there's a lot of stuff, and we try not to get, like, super political about it, but the, the political climate in California is changing a lot, um, a lot of personal it's, it's freedoms. It's always been bad. Yeah, it's, it's been going downhill really quickly. A lot of the personal freedoms are being taken away. A lot of personal choice is being taken away. And for us in particular, that kind of centers around, like, homesteading and what we want to do and growing food. and <laughs> Raising our kids. Raising our kids, raising animals, um, having everything meshed together. Yeah. So that was a big part of it. And we just uh, something Something I tell people 
because people ask, it's like, well, why here? You know, California, it's so great. And it's like, you don't know. Getting out of California, it feels like we were in another country. Yeah, it really does. That's what it feels like. Yeah. And there's no laws, you know. Well, you know, there's laws, but... Too many laws. Uh, out Outside of California, you get out and it's like, well, can we do that? And people just look at you crazy. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. And it's because... We are so programmed from living in that tyrannical government that everything... Everything else seems everything, like so yeah. free. It's, <laughs> it's so crazy. It's just been it's been weird getting yeah. out. So we had talked about it for a couple of years, really. I mean, and it wasn't a, oh, let's go travel and do all this. It was just, hey, we, we are thinking about moving out of California. Our original plan was to move to Idaho. Yep. Um... But we just knew we needed to, like, get out. Things yep. had to change because what we wanted to do as far as homesteading and raising our kids and homeschooling did not mesh well with the way the environment in California mm-hmm. was, is going. Like, what's that first conversation between you guys like where, you know, you're both kind of got this negative view of where you're living and you start to say, all right, let's get out of here. But rather than pick a place, say, let's go hit the road. That was like a couple years building. We had always talked about because I'm I'm kind of a barbecue nerd. I yeah. I love barbecue, smoking. We just love food in general. Food in general. Food is our love language. But <laughs> probably eight years ago, I got real twisted off into barbecue, and so we always had the joke. It's like, hey, wouldn't it be cool to eat our way across America? Yeah. Like, go to regional like St. Louis and Kansas City. Yeah. Those are hot spots for awesome barbecue and so we'd always talked about it and when it kind of started hey how would you feel you know maybe you know kind of sort of and then it changed from eat our way across america to let's just go see america yeah but even then it was still like once the kids are grown and gone and out on their own we'll do it later you know retirement and all that stuff (laughs) um but while the stuff in California was shifting, stuff in our relationship was shifting too, a big part of that was he was working so much that he was never home. And when he was home, never. he was tired and grumpy. And like our just our relationship sh- suffered. When your marriage turns into roommates, yeah. that's when you know there's a problem. Yeah. So it was, it was really a big compound effect. And he walked in one day and he goes, why don't we just sell everything and do that travel thing we've always talked about and hit the road and find a new place to live. And not come back and have to deal with these crazy laws. And- yeah, we're just going to roll all of our little like plans we had into the future in one big thing. And I went, okay, sounds good. <laughs> like, she stopped for a second. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. All right, cool. You know, for somebody who's listening to this, right, and they're saying, wow, that sounds like an interesting idea. I might want to do that myself. Like, what are the steps that you take to, like, sell everything and, you know, get a camper and hit the road? Oh, gosh. I know. It does sound insane. Our biggest thing we tell people, whoever asks us, is, one, make sure you're debt-free. Because that's going to make all of this easier. Um, Like, for us, we had spent years leading up, before we even decided to travel, to pay off our debt. You know, we got rid of the credit cards. We Mm -hmm. got rid of the car payments. We got rid of... Every superfluous thing that the, was a debt. The only thing we had was the mortgage, and we were real close to paying off the mortgage. Yeah, we had 
bought something, a foreclosure, and had fixed it up, and had, over the years, the nine years that we owned the house, mm-hmm. we had paid down the, the mortgage on that, so that we were able to financially... I think, I think we had paid off 70% of the loan. Yeah, I think so we So we were, we were good ways through it. Yeah. So eventually, when we got to the point, it wasn't quite as hard for us to really visualize how it was going to work out financially yeah. because we were already in a pretty good position. Yeah. But as far as like other people who are like, Hey, we're like, we're debt free or we're going to be debt free soon. How do you actually do it? We're like, you just, you got to do it. You got to come out of that comfort zone. Yeah. And one of the things, one of the conversations, like we <laughs> talked about leaving and it was kind of that him ha, like, could we do this? Yeah, I think so. And then it was, I think it was the next morning she said something about, you know, what do we do with all of our stuff? And I said, if we had a fire tonight and the house burned to the ground and we're standing out at the curb watching it and we're all fine, but everything we own is in that house, we would start over. Yeah. So that was that was it. That was the... It made it a lot easier to think of it that way, that it's all just stuff. We can replace the stuff, whether it burns or whether we sell it all. Yep it made it so much easier to just let go of everything. So I think within two weeks we had planned our first yard sale. Yep. That was a huge yard sale. <laughs> and, and so what's that like? Like you're, you're selling what? Probably 90% of all your possessions, right? Like, like what's yeah. that like for you guys? What's that like for your kids? Um, I think for us, we've never been particularly sentimental people as far as stuff goes. So I think that was a little bit easier for us. It's very liberating. It was. Oh gosh. Like, yes. That, that first yard sale we had, we did it in March we or in May. We decided we were going to do it, set a date for a yard sale, started pulling stuff out, getting up in the attic, getting out in the tool shed and looking at stuff. And when I got in the attic, there's stuff I hadn't even seen in five years. Yeah. It's like, why am I holding on to this? Right. This has no sentimental value. So. It wasn't too bad. It was. I think because we had decided we were going to do this and that was the track we were on, we were it was like scorched earth. Like nothing stays, right. everything goes. We didn't care. We wanted the change so bad. And the kids, you asked about the kids, they actually did pretty well with it. They were concerned about the Legos. Yep. Don't touch the Legos, we're good. So, so we have a box of Legos. We have too many Legos in this trailer now because birthdays have happened. Yeah. <laughs> But they actually, I think they were even better about it than we are, or we were, because there would be points where I would be, like, in the closet cleaning out stuff, and they're like, and we're throwing this away, and we're throwing this away, I'm like, hold on, hold on, slow down, because they were so excited about the trip, too. When we told the kids about it, it was like, how would you guys feel about, you know, doing all this, and finding property yeah yeah when can we leave yeah they actually were ready to go like right then which was super surprising to us because we didn't expect that one of the things i think people often get fixed on too is well i paid this for this stuff or i paid that for this stuff so i should get this back or that back what advice would you have for people on that front it's only new once it's only new once um honestly that's something you have to let go of there was so many things we let go of. We, when we started getting on top of our debt, we decided we were tired of having hand-me-down furniture. Yeah. And we actually went out to a nice furniture store and bought nice furniture. Yeah. For the first time in our married life. Our adult furniture. And it was garbage. Yeah, you know, it fell honestly, apart within a year. Just realizing the quality isn't there and stuff like that, it kind of 
it hurt when we sold the couch for a hundred bucks. Right. You know, it kind of hurt. Definitely didn't buy it for a hundred bucks. And, but then thinking about it, it's like, you get what you can get for it. If you want to take the time and sell it, Craigslist yeah. it and all the different apps there are, talk to your friends and family, you can get a little bit more money for it. But as the year was going on and we were getting closer and closer to leaving, it was like, I don't want to sell this for a hundred bucks. And then a few months later it was like, you'll take it for a hundred bucks. I'll even drive it to your house. Right. <laughs> Just to get rid of it. It really did put a, a, I guess a new spin on everything as far as in future, what purchases are going to look mm. like. Um, definitely wanting to make sure that we focus on buying things that are going to last, that are handmade, that aren't just like, you know, cheap, oh, we're just buying it to buy it, but really put more thought into our purchases because we had so much stuff to get rid of that we had spent money on that now we're not going to get money back. So you guys don't have plans for like a whole bunch of Ikea stuff? Like No. <laughs> no. We have plans for building all of our own stuff. <laughs> so We did keep the stuff that could make us money in the future. So yeah. all of our business equipment, all yep. of his machining work, uh, his machines, um, things like that. And then we did keep a few things that did have sentimental value for us or that we had paid enough money for that we're like, you know what? We probably aren't going to find right. this again at the same price. She kept her antique desk and yeah. chair that is her little, you know, office, office space. Yeah. Um, we kept the rocking chair that I got her when we had the twins. Yeah. You know, that's... 11 years now. <laughs> that's like, in a week, that's 12 years ago. <laughs> 12 years. Oh, my gosh, we're so old. Uh, I had made our bed. Mm -hmm. We couldn't find a good quality bed, and I came across a whole bunch of really big lumber and brought it home and made the bed. So, yeah. you know, a few things like that that you can't either... You can't buy, you're not going to find again. Right. And it's sentimental. It, so, yeah. you just kind of have to weigh... Like, you're going to put it in storage and get it later. How much is that stuff worth? Is it worth paying a storage fee right. for us? Yeah. Yeah, there's some stuff. But for the other stuff, it's like, for us, it was, if we can get money out of it, no matter how much money it is, then that's fine. We're getting cash and we're getting rid of it. So <laughs> it worked out. We, we can always buy exactly what we want later yeah. or make what we want. So... I guess that's just part of our thought process as yeah. far as getting rid of stuff. Yeah. Now you've got everything sold. You're ready to go, and you leave. And you got your Sasquatch, your <laughs> SUV, <laughs> and you got your trailer, and you're off. Now, like, how do you determine what route you're going to go and where you're going to go? Throw a dart. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we didn't really have a ton of plans. Um, I. One of the biggest things for us at the beginning was just we didn't want to be driving in bad weather. Right. So we went south first because we left in March. So we went south first because we knew we weren't going to be dealing with, like, mm -hmm. snow and, and all that kind of stuff. And then we kind of, like, creeped our way north as the weather got better. Mm -hmm. That was our biggest decision. But as far as, like, actual points to hit. We had had a, uh, was a road tripper's map. And yeah. we'd put it out there to friends on Facebook and family. And if there's places you know across the country, drop yeah. a pin and we'll, you know, yeah. think about going. So we had this extremely overpopulated map of spots and things to go see. 
that if we we would still be we wouldn't even probably be oh, across gosh, the no. U.S. There's, there's still there were so, so many, many spots, and it was everything from like big national parks to their favorite restaurant in this little podunk town, which is everything. But that it did help. It was a baseline. It just gave us points to consider and look at. We went. We uh, we knew we were going to be traveling, and we don't know if we're going to be traveling again like that. Right. So we made sure, and we made a list of national parks that we wanted to see yeah. places like Zion. I had a, it was our bookkeeper at my work. She's like, well, if you're doing this, go to Zion. I had never heard of Zion national park in the bottom of Utah. And I'm so glad we did. Cause oh, it was one of the best amazing. stops. So uh, with that planning our route, we, uh, doing the youtube thing there's youtubers everywhere that we've been friends with and it was like hey when you guys come through you need to come visit us yeah. so that also helped drive our map yeah talk to me about the people that you met along the way or met with you know whether they were friends you already had or people that you hadn't and you just knew through a facebook group or youtube or whatever like what was that like that was actually pretty cool um, but also kind of weird in a way. We're like super introverted people. Yeah. Like people get surprised when we say that, but we are. We're not like go out and meet new people kind of people. We're <laughs> just like not, no, not big party animals. No. So a lot of times it wasn't awkward, but it was just hard for us to really push ourselves out of our yeah. comfort zone. But we are so thankful because we have made such lasting, deep relationships. Mm-hmm. Be it with people that. Like Ben was saying, YouTuber friends that we knew of online and we decided to meet up with, or even just people that we met in RV parks yep. that were there and, you know, found out what we were doing. We're like, oh, that's so cool. We wanted to keep in touch. And that was one of the most amazing things. And I've, I've said a few times that I feel like we've added people into our family yeah. by doing this trip. Yeah. What, what's our RV park life like? <laughs> it depends on the RV park. <laughs> That's so true. It's actually not that bad. A lot of people at the beginning were like, oh my gosh, you're going to live in a trailer with your kids. And are you, do you yeah. know where you're going? Do you know where you're staying? Like that can get really creepy. And it's really not. Most RV parks want to be RV parks. So they're going to keep the things clean. They're going to keep their facilities up to date. Um, they want an, They have an image to maintain. Yeah. They're not just like, oh, you know, a trailer park. Which the the parks that have a lot of permanent people, those can be kind of seedy. They can be. But if you're just stopping at a, a very high traffic yeah. RV park, everybody's on vacation. Yep. Everybody's having fun. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. So generally, it's pretty good experiences yeah it has and i mean if you're really concerned about it then you can still like we did a lot of koas because mm. we knew what we were getting we knew we we're gonna have hot showers laundry, playgrounds hookups yeah. that kind of thing yeah stuff for the kids to do yep. um amenities if we needed to get something from the mm-hmm. office um but i it's really not as bad as some people think it is i mean we've definitely stayed in a few that we're like okay we are not coming back to this <laughs> and there were a few where we would pull up and we went nope try the next one keep driving but that didn't happen very often what's it, what's it like for a family of 6 to be living in one trailer together going across the country it's actually for us been really amazing we have become really close together yeah. i mean there's definitely an adjustment period i would say the first like three to five months 
was... The first three months were rough. Yeah, because, you know, you're all on top of each other all of a sudden. We went from 1,300 square feet down to 200 square feet, and it's, there's one <laughs> bathroom and <laughs> a tiny, tiny kitchen. So you really do have to learn how to just be in each other's space and be respectful of space. It's something else, too, that I noticed is you have to be very comfortable with your own self. Yes. You have to learn how to let go of things that really aren't important. You know, maybe a little self-sacrifice, I guess, is the right word. Yeah. But once you get into that, it's easy. It is easy. And I think what helped, too, was that we were traveling. So there was always new stuff to see, new things to do. It was an excuse to get out of the trailer all the time. You know, we'd park the trailer and then we'd go do stuff. Yep. So it wasn't like all trailer life all the time. I mean, there was a lot of We spend stuff. more of our time outdoors than we do inside. Yeah. We try to, but it's not freezing cold. <laughs> yeah. And and now you guys, as you made that whole road trip, you documented so much of it in, in your YouTube channel. Um, what was that like trying to figure out what you'd want to talk about, what you want to share, what you wouldn't, like the effort that it takes to put together a video? Like how did, how did you manage all of that? Um, I'm kind of a fly by the seat of your pants type of person, at least when it comes to YouTube. Usually I'm very, very organized, and I have plans for everything and spreadsheets and all that. But with YouTube, I think because it's such a creative outlet for us, yeah. and it's also new, and there's no, like, there's no rules with YouTube. You can put out what you want. For us, it was just, you know what? We're going to go. We're going to have fun. We're going to film what we film, and we, want, we really want to share our story and inspire people to make a change for themselves. I mean, they don't have to get in an RV and go across the U.S., right. but we definitely wanted to inspire people to say, hey, if you're not happy with where you're at, you can totally change this. Yep. And we just try to keep that going in each of our videos, whether it was, look, we're going to this national park, or hey, we're, we're doing laundry today. <laughs> but it was just, I don't know. It, I think for us to at least... For me specifically, it's definitely a creative outlet in an artistic sense. So for me, I get to do all the camera work and, and try to figure out filming and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know. It was just, it's been a blast. I've had a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed the fact that everything's documented. Yeah. Because there's been a couple of videos I've gone back and watched. It's like, oh man, that was a really cool place. Yeah, it really you was. You know, things that. Like seeing Meg's face at the Grand Canyon, it's like it's it's there. You don't have to worry about a hard drive crashing and losing it. Right. You know the documentation just for us and going back and seeing how much the kids have grown in a year is kind of cool too. Yeah, it has. Wow. It has. And and now, for you guys, how has your relationship evolved over the course of the trip? I would say it's a lot better. A lot, <laughs> a lot better. better. Uh, something we don't tell people is we almost didn't make it to this trip yeah like it got so bad we didn't know each other anymore no and it just it was bad like right before we hit the road it was so rough and we talked about not even doing it and just you yeah know, splitting. splitting and once we got in this very tight space together problems started getting sorted very quickly because you have to you have to you can't avoid each other anymore he's home all the time and we're in this tiny tiny space there is a space of probably the first month i was so brain fried from working so much yeah my sleep schedule was messed up like 
gosh, I could sleep all day if I wanted to because I was so exhausted mentally. Yeah. And coming home after about that first month, it was like, well, I'm not tired anymore. Right. <laughs> Let's talk. <laughs> Let's talk. Not that we wanted to. But that's definitely something. I mean, and we can't say it's perfect. I mean, we still have our days like yep. anybody will, and we always will. But we've definitely, if nothing else, we have learned how to better communicate. Yeah while being in this tiny space and being on this road trip. And especially, I mean, when you're on a road trip, I don't think people realize that there's a lot of just the driving and the navigating and all that. That, uh, that takes a lot of communication because I'm the one with the map and I'm usually scheduling where we're going and where mm -hmm. we're staying and all that. And like, there has to be communication from me to him. And then there has to be communication from him to me as far as, I'm really tired, we need to have a break, I'm hungry, <laughs> we need to get food. Like, So communication had to start happening, period. And it's definitely gotten a lot better now. Yeah. Now, you guys, your road trip's over, but you're still in the trailer. You're kind of exploring western North Carolina, tr trying to figure out where you want to end up. What, what are you looking for? Um, well, I mean, besides just a homestead in general, like somewhere to plant stuff, we're hoping for 10 acres. At least. More. Yeah. Probably not less unless we have to settle for a little bit less. Or we find like a perfect property. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are like, oh, are you looking for a house? Are you looking for this? And we're really just leaving it open. Yeah. If the land is good, then we're cool with having nothing on it and building our own. Yep. Or if the price is right and the land's decent and it's got, you know, a trashed house on it, well, we're totally willing to fix that. flexible. Yeah, um, or maybe something comes along that it's, like, already done, and it's there, and all we have to do is walk in and plant and get chickens. <laughs> I don't know. It really just depends. But we're, we're trying to leave it open and not close too many doors. And, and as you leave that open, though, like, what are you hoping for, say, five years down the road, if you kind of envision being set up somewhere? I think one of the biggest things is we want to have a space that allows us to not only run our businesses. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ben does knives and he has a whole machine shop and I do the soap and stuff like that. But we also want to leave it open for any other farm business and really just a place that can provide for our family as far as food um, and shelter yeah. and hopefully provide for other families We've always talked about how one of the things we want is like a retreat space for people, not necessarily in a commercial sense, but just having a space, a property to where we can have people over and it's like a haven for them. Yep. So. And, and any final advice for people who are hearing you guys and saying, oh, that's, not, that's it. We got to go sell everything and hit the road. <laughs> um, you are crazy and that's okay. <laughs> There was a lot of planning that went into it. It wasn't just one day all of a sudden. I mean, the, the decision was we, one day all of a sudden. We took but, a year yeah. to plan and scheme and sell stuff yeah. and start getting things ready. See, we decided, and then we didn't buy the trailer until May. May. Yeah. So it was four or five months of talking about it, and yeah, we're going to do this right. before we even got the trailer. And... You know, we talked about different ways, an RV, pull behind, maybe doing a bus, maybe a bus, and it was just like, you know what, we've got the Suburban, yeah. it'll pull, and we went and got that trailer, and it just 
happened to pop up right when we went to go look. It was it was weird. So I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> <laughs> I think our biggest advice would definitely be get out of debt. Get your finance, finances in order. Plan it. Like, really plan it. Literally sit down and say, okay, our family is this size. We're going to need this much for food. We're going to need this much for, you know, gas and stuff. Mm. And we did a lot of the financial planning as much as we could. It's definitely going to be more expensive than you thought it was. <laughs> say <laughs> so that keep again. that in mind. Um, and, but then at the same time, like, don't plan too much. We left a lot open to just kind of where the wind took us, and that was so amazing. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, we did. So much of the time, it's about the journey and not the destination itself. And when I hear Ben and Meg's story, that's very much the idea that jumps out to me and comes to mind right out of the gate. And so for you guys who are out there who might not be as happy with your life as you, you might hope to be, um, keep that in mind. Recognize that you don't necessarily need to know where you're going to go, but rather know what you're going to want to do when you get there and take the steps to invite adventure and change into your life. If you guys want to learn more about Ben and Meg and follow them as they search for their permanent forever homestead, uh, be sure to check out their YouTube channel at The Holler Homestead, or you can also uh, track along with them on Instagram at The Holler Homestead. And if you guys want to follow along with what we're doing here at our farm in Vermont at Goldshaw Farm, uh, you can find us at Goldshaw Farm on YouTube or uh, Goldshaw Farm on Instagram. Uh, we try to put out a couple of videos a week that follow our progress as we build a farm here in Vermont, whether it's with our trees or with our ducks or with uh, some new agricultural enterprises we're going to be introducing really soon. And finally, I want to thank all of you guys out there for listening to this. As we've gone through the process of launching this podcast over the last week or two, I've been just completely blown away by the support, the kind words, the kind reviews, the kind emails, all the great feedback. It's just so awesome to see. It's so awesome to see that people are actually wanting to listen to this and actually downloading it. And so I appreciate that so much. And if you're out there right now listening to this and you haven't yet, please, please, please write a review. Whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, um, the more you can write those reviews, the more it's going to help our podcast grow and help other people find us and really help us really try to create a movement here of people who are focused on homesteading, farming, and following your dreams. I will be back soon with another episode. But until then, I will leave you with our awesome theme song played by the great Keith Pierce. Keith, play us out. It's got a soul, this hero farm, it falls asleep inside my arms. We work the fields under the stars, the love is here at Goldshaw Farms. A city life, yeah, it had its charms, but we would dream of the fields under the stars. I fall asleep inside its arms The love is here at Goldshop Farms
love is miracle charm. 